stand in reverence as we read God's Word from Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, verses 2 through 4. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the sake of the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken His seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. This is the word of God for the people of God. Champions are marked by a fire burning from within. In this sermon series, Going for the Gold, we're talking about what it might look like for us to do spiritual training so that we can become more proficient in our spiritual life, that we can improve our spiritual practices in our own lives. Champions are those who have that fire to achieve something in particular. They have that deep, deep burning desire to take a step forward, to move toward a goal, to be able to focus, to bring intense concentration on something really important. There was a football coach who had an acronym WIN, W-I-N, for what's important now told his players in each moment of the game, be sure you're focused on what's important in the moment. Be sure you're focused on what you're supposed to be about. The root word from the Latin for focus and hearth are the same thing, what we would call the fireplace. Johannes Kepler, a German astronomer, used this word focus and brought it to popularity when he was working with parabolic mirrors to figure out how to get light rays to come together in one place to create fire, a place of fire, a place of burning, or a fireplace, a place of focus. This ability to focus, this ability to concentrate over time, to bring an intense effort and concentration to achieve a certain goal is a key for excellence. A few years ago when there was a group of our Boston Avenue members trying to articulate our core values, one of the ones they wrote was about this kind of focus. They said we as a people will be those folks who strive for excellence in the service of God. Our best Olympians do that for sure. They're able to focus on this event or series of events they're doing and bring their very best to bear at just the right time to excel in whatever arena they're competing. So many of them have exact schedules for when to sleep and when to eat and what to eat and how to warm up and where to be at what time. So they are ready, they are primed, they are focused to do their very best. And yet there are some who get to the Olympics who even after having done all the training lose their focus. It was 1992 at the Barcelona Olympics that a young man who had trained to be in the boxing arena showed up at the venue. It came time for his event and he realized he didn't bring his boxing gloves. He had completely forgotten the box. He was disqualified. He didn't get to compete. He had lost his focus, had he not? 
But he was not the only one. One of the yachtsmen showed up without his life jacket, which was required to compete. He was disqualified and did not get to compete. It happens to all of us. It's easy to get distracted. Obviously, they got caught up in all the hoopla of the Olympic Games and forgot why they had come. Lost track of what they were there for, what the goal was, what they had been working on. We can apply this same idea of focus and concentration and effort toward a goal to our spiritual lives. What's important now in my relationship with God? That's a good question to ask yourself every now and again. How am I doing in my spiritual life? What should I be focusing on now? Where's my edge of growth? What steps should I or could I be taking to grow into the image of Christ, to grow as a follower of Jesus? This text reminds us of that very thing, that we can do spiritual training. It uses the metaphor of being in the race let me read you those two verses again about focus, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. As Christians, this preacher of writing Hebrews is calling us to look at Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our face, to focus our eyes on Jesus so that we might be more like Christ. Champions of the faith throughout the centuries have always had this kind of intensity, this ability to focus. They've called others to the same. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, had a covenant service that has a covenant prayer. We've used it here before. We usually use it very near the very first of January. But listen to what Mr. Wesley said to these Methodist societies, these spiritual journeyers that were following him in the early Methodist movement. He wrote it like this. We take upon ourselves with joy the yoke of obedience and engage ourselves for the love of you, O God, to seek and do your perfect will. We are no longer our own, but yours. Then he had everyone together reaffirm their commitment by saying this together, I am no longer my own, but yours, O God. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now... Oh, glorious and blessed God, you are mine and I am yours. So be it and the covenant which I have on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Or this from the great German theologian and mystic Meister Eckhart. 
he writes, a mind completely devoted to God is the foundation of goodness for human nature and spirit. Strive that God should be great in you. Be zealous for God in all your comings and goings. Hold fast to God and God will bring about every good thing. If you seek God, you will find God together with every good thing. So let our prayer be that every part of our being, our minds, eyes, ears, mouth, heart, limbs, senses, strives to bring us into God's loving will. Have you ever thought about yourself as someone who was striving for spiritual greatness, to be a spiritual champion? That's what these great Christians from the past are calling us to. It's what this author from Hebrews is talking about. Get focused. It's saying, hey, you're not dead yet, so you're still in the race. The kingdom of God has not come yet, so there's still work to be done, and God is still at work. Are you a part of that? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. The challenge is to fix your eyes on Jesus, to focus on Christ day in and day out so that your life is transformed by this love of God proclaimed in Jesus Christ. The 1972 Olympics happened in Munich, Germany. American swimmer Mark Spitz became the talk of the nation. He swam in his first contest, an individual event, and he won. The next event he was in was one of the relays. He swam the anchor leg, and again, the American team won gold. His next three events, he won three more gold medals. He was scheduled to compete in two more when he went to his coach and said, I think I'm too tired, I'm too worn out to be in the next one. His coach said, too tired. If you decide not to swim in this one, then you're probably too tired to swim in the final as well. And I'll tell you what, if you decide not to swim in this one, everyone knows your chief rival is in this race, and they're going to say you were a chicken, that you were scared to swim against your rival. You will regret this for the rest of your life. So Spitz decided to swim in the next race, he won the race. He outdistanced his rival by several meters. He won the gold medal. He swam in the relay. The Americans won the gold medal. In that Olympics, he had been in seven races. He had won seven gold medals. And when it was all tallied up, they realized not only that, but he had set seven world records in the process. It was an amazing performance. That almost didn't happen because he was afraid or had doubt or lost his focus until his coach reminded him of why he had trained and why he had come and challenged him to get focused a little bit more to finish what he had started. Our text reminds us of the same Thing and encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus or look to Jesus and stay focused. 
Put it in your outline this way. Reach for the goal of growing evermore into the image and likeness of Christ. I think we can all agree that's the goal, isn't it? To become more like Christ. To become more like Christ in our own lives. Now, if we took the time to ask everyone, how are you doing on that today? How did you do this last week? I bet your answers would be like mine. On some days you would catch me. I'd say, I'm doing great. I'm giving 110%. On other days, maybe not so much. I'm doing okay. Didn't do that great. Not sure. Afraid. Most of us are a mixed bag in terms of our spiritual endurance and how we manage our spiritual lives. I would like... For all of us to experience improvement in that, I've been thinking about how can we use this idea from the Olympics to see more positive results in our own life of faith. So I've set up something I'm calling the 42-Day Challenge. It's pretty simple. Let me outline it for you here. What I'm going to suggest is that you select the one spiritual discipline or spiritual practice that is most important for you to concentrate on now and then write it down. Whatever that is, put it in writing. Then number two, design a plan of what you can do, steps you can take in the next 42 days to grow in that area. Brainstorm things you can do, then write down the steps you can take. And then the third thing I'm suggesting is what I've already shared with you about what we know makes for the most effective or most successful change. Primarily, that is to write down when, where, and how you will act to reach your goal. And I'm going to volunteer to be your accountability partner. I'm going to commit to pray for you by name if you'll tell me that you're in for the challenge. I'm just going to ask you to write 42. You can put it on one of the prayer cards there. Just pull one out, put 42, write your name. Or if you have the app on your phone, just go to the app, to the events tab, scroll to the end. You'll see a gold medal. There's a place there to put your name and then type in 42. I'm going to collect all those names. While you're working on taking those steps, I'll be praying for you. And I'm going to ask you to be praying for me. And to pray for all of us that are willing to try a little harder to set a goal, to focus our efforts on spiritual growth or spiritual improvement. The genius of being in a church community is that there is power and momentum that builds when we're all focusing on the same thing and we're all participating together. We commit to each other that we create a community that nurtures us in our growth, that we create a community of love and forgiveness, of support and encouragement, a community of loving kindness that welcomes any and all to come together if they are sincerely seeking to be a follower of Christ. The good news is you're part of that kind of church community by your presence here today. We see and know that. But are you willing to take that next step to focus yourself on a spiritual goal and to give your best. 
I can just imagine all the good that can happen for us as individuals as well as a community if we'll each really focus and commit to do something every day and to pray for those others and knowing that there are others praying for us in the midst of all of this. It might be something you need to do every day. That'd be 42 positive steps. Maybe it's just something you're going to do five days a week. That's still 30 positive steps. Or maybe it's three days a week. It's still 18. Whatever number it might be for you, all of that is better than not trying at all. Staying where you are, not willing to see if you can bring a greater focus or fix your eyes on Jesus. If you're willing to try, I want you to simply write 42 in your name and turn in the card or submit it via the app. And I'll start praying for you and you can start praying for me. And I'll keep mentioning it over these next several weeks. I've had the experience, maybe you have too, where I've been really excited about something. I've set a goal. It's going to be a six-week or a six-month goal. And I look up three weeks later and realize I kind of forgot. And I'm not doing anything. But together we can do it. I believe together we'll do even better than if we were all trying to do it in our own isolated lives. There's some power in the Christian community when we're all focused on God, when we're fixing our eyes on Christ, when we're saying, I'm going to give my very best. Let's have that experience together and see what great things God might do in our midst. While you're thinking about that, I want to read you one last statement is written by a young African pastor. He did not grow up Christian, but had a conversion experience. Then after a little while, felt a call into ministry. And in his excitement, he wrote down his commitment or his goals. While you're thinking about that 42-day challenge, let me read to you what he wrote. He said, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I've finished and done with low living, slight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right or first, tops, or recognized, praised, or regarded, or rewarded, because I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I walk with patience, lift by prayer, and labor by love. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. The way is rough. My companions few, but my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, 
ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, prayed up, stored up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problems recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Amen. And thanks be to God.